In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Hey, hey, what is up, everybody? Jeff Zimfer. Welcome to this episode of the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. Once again, I am always thrilled that you're tuning in and would love to see you guys jump in our private Facebook group. You know what to do by now. You go to Facebook, you type in Mortgage Marketing Radio, and you fill out a couple of questions, and we uh, approve you, assuming you are indeed a practicing mortgage professional. We try and keep this uh, group exclusive to mortgage originators, right? Retail lenders, brokers are all welcome. We're just trying to minimize, uh, you know, vendors, uh, you know, software providers, right? People trying to sell you stuff. That's not what that's all about. So please uh, join us in the private Facebook group. And um, before I do uh, announce our special guest and what we're talking about here today, I know that more agent referrals is what a lot of you want. And I also know that many of you are struggling to get agents to respond. How do I know? Because I talk to many of you across the country every day because I work with loan officers in my market here. I work with real estate agents in my market and nationwide. And what I do know is that more often than not, the same lame sales pitch falls flat when you're trying to approach real estate agents. It offers little tangible value and your sales approach is putting you in the commodity box because you usually show up and sound like most other loan officers calling and pitching with the same offer and pitch. Therefore, I'm excited to show you a better way. The My Agent Classes turnkey plug and play agent class platform helps you break through the noise, deliver tangible value, and attract agents to send you referrals with no chasing or no cold calling. Never again will you wonder where your next purchase referrals are coming from. How do I know? Let me just share one quick win with you from one of our members, the LaFlame group, Brian LaFlame, who recently hosted one of the many classes we offer. And he shared with us in the group, his marketing win for the day is he had 20 people register for the personal branding class that we provide for you. Immediately following the class, two appointments were scheduled for one-on-ones for Brian and his team to dig in with those two agents, learn more, and talk about a partnership together. And that's just the immediate impact, not including what happened days and weeks after the class. And then when the agents come back to your next class, or they engage with you on social media, and we lay all this out for you in a completely plug and play platform that gives you the done for you PowerPoints, the speaker notes, the social media images to promote, the handouts. We even put together the entire event promotion strategy and system for you. Emails, 
SMS messages, landing pages, confirmations and reminders, and you building your own database of targeted real estate agents that are engaging with you so you can add more agents to your bus. If you want to learn more, you go to mortgagemarketing.pro, check out the quick video. Okay. So in this session, I'm actually thrilled and excited. I had just, just had an amazing conversation uh, with my special guest, Terry Santiago Parker, and she is out of the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. She is one of the top women originators in the country for 2022 on the Scotsman's Guide. She is closing an average of 35 loans per month, and we have a wonderful conversation about team, building a team, about your customer experience, about creating an amazing work environment for you and the people you work with and surround yourself with, about balance and mindset and getting to a place of acceptance in your business, knowing your self-worth and being able to stand confident in that to attract the right people to you for both your, your own team, your partners, the people that you know are within your own sphere of influence in work, but also with the right partners and uh uh, you know, consumers as well. And there's so much else we talk about on this conversation. I wish we could have kept on going. I've learned so much from Terry. And I think she's also one of those special human beings who's got uh, the right place in her heart. And you can tell that that is true um, when you hear unpack everything she's doing and what she's all about. So I hope you enjoy this week, this episode and make sure you check the links for everything we talk about on this podcast, including how to connect with Terry on social media and elsewhere. Without further ado, let's get into this week's show. Teresa, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited too, because what's great about what I get to do here is, first of all, talk to mortgage professionals, real estate professionals, right, all over the country. Um, and oftentimes, I really don't know much about the person before we uh, hit record. And that's where we're at today. So first of all, you get the Bravery Award. Welcome. Um <laughs> And then secondly, for the listeners and so for me as well, give us a brief background. How long in the, have you been in the biz? And then what's the unit's volume last year? Okay. Well, I won't let my age out, right? So um, <laughs> so I've done this since I was 17 years old and, uh, you know, let's call it 20 years in the business. So you can do the math. Um, I uh, run a team and a branch and I also run a region with, within Cross Country Mortgage, which is awesome. Okay. And so, um, you know, I always, when I give volume, I give, you know, I eliminate COVID time frame from that time. Cause that wasn't really real essentially. Um, and so we do about 35 units a month on my personal team, um, which, you know, is about seven and a half to 8 million a month. Um, we're trying to, uh, achieve 10 million. That's the magic number. If we hit 10 million, everybody goes to Vegas. That's the deal. Nice. Um, and so that's what our goal is at, at this time. Um, but our branch um, does about 15 million. Um, and, you know, we do about 80 to 90 loans a month, um, which is uh, my, my circle, basically. Got it. And obviously, you're still actively originating? I am. I am the loan officer of the group, essentially. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's 35 a month is you? That's me. Yeah, that's, that's me. Okay. Working hard, What's doing my the thing. Then what's the team breakdown that allows you to perform at a high level like that? Um, well, first of all, we make things, as I call it, boring. And what I mean by that is very systematic. Um, it's everything has a process. Um, everything is very, um, 
you know, all about what the needs of that customer are. And that's kind of where our focus is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, my job is to make as many friends as possible and, and fill their needs. And their job is to fill the needs of the client. And I think just over the years, when you do things for a long time, you kind of fail forward all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I probably have made every mistake in the book that you could even think of. And I think through those failures is kind of how I learned to, uh, you know, teach and coach them, honestly. So, okay. What's the setup of your team? Meaning like how many LOAs, et cetera, right. For getting okay. all your loans done. three senior LOAs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their job is basically, um, you know, taking the application, collecting the documents, um, you know, being the pre-approval analyst, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one team captain who is my, uh, 28 year old son. So mm-hmm. I kind of made the Parker team like from birth as the joke of the office because um, both of our sons are on our team. Um, and then I have two juniors. So the one junior assists me and the other junior assists my son, who's my team captain. That's a, that's a pretty cool role and title. First of all, that you have your sons there. Nice family business. What does the team captain do? So he is the escalation guy. He structures scenarios. Um, he, you know, fields day-to-day questions. Um, he pretty much replaced me. Um, and so it's funny because, uh, I get coached by the core, right. Mm-hmm. And so a couple years ago, I went to a summit and I, um, I ended up reading a book there called the connector's way. Okay. And before I read that book, I thought I had it all figured out because I was like, you know, I was doing 20 loans a month. I was working 80 hours a week and it was kind of like do that and repeat. And I just couldn't get past that. Mm-hmm. And so when I read the connector's way, I realized one, I needed to get myself out of the process and not feel guilty or have an ego about it. Unfortunately, us loan officers sometimes have like a little bit of an ego a little bit sometimes. Yeah. And so I feel like just knowing that I need to remove myself and surrendering the control to him and empowering him to do, um, you know, what he needs to do, allowing me to then connect with people. Okay. That's great. And so I think that was the game changer or a a you know, a big game changer. Well, that's very, very interesting. And that's what I find as I kind of do some research as well, reading different books and stuff, like I'm sure you do, as you just described the connector's way, I'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes. I'm looking at it here on Amazon. But what I also find is that, and this is a game I'm, I'm trying to get better at is we want to spend more time in our zone, so, so to speak, right? in our magics, where you've heard it called different things, our sweet spot. And, you know, when we're in the zone and when, when we're our superpower. And so I love the fact that you've got a team captain, which you rec- you were, you were holding on to those things too much because you wanted to control. You felt that nobody could deliver that service at the same level you could, which kept you from actually spending more time in your true genius zone. Someone said to me um, in one of my coaching groups once, um, not in the nicest way, she said, would you consider yourself exceptional? And I was like, you know, um, I would say so. I think I'm a pretty good loan officer. I, you know, I would say that, you know, I would hope that I'm, you know, exceptional. And she said, well, then you need to realize that exceptional people need to make exceptions to everything. Kind of like clicked in some weird way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I kind of got it and, and said, okay, people look at it like I want to build a team and I want to build an extension of myself. But in reality, like if that were the case, you'd have a million branch managers and a million top producing loan officers and you really don't. So what I realized in that conversation with her is that you just had to make systems and make it simple mm. um, and hope that you're going to duplicate, you know, one out of 10 people to be 
a top producer, but that's not really like the reality because some people don't really want to be a top producer really. Right. Too. Right. You know? Hmm. Um, so I would think that was like a big, and like, you know, I've had a lot of aha moments and that was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, was just realizing that, um, you know, you had to pretty much find everybody's best and highest use and not everybody is good at everything, including myself. What do you think your best and highest use is? Um, I think I am good on identifying what can help somebody grow their business mm-hmm. and where I know, again, I feel like I made so many mistakes doing it for so long and I'm invested so much. Cause it's like, you know, my children literally are in my team and not only that, but I like care about my team so much truly. And I want everything for them. Mm-hmm. And so I think I've done, um, a good job and being so invested that I really listen, doesn't sound like it on this podcast, but, um, <laughs> But I really listen to what like realtors need and, 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 you know, team members need. And then I try to fulfill their need, not my, my, not my need. So that's what I was curious about when you said you think one of your, you know, superpowers, if you will, is a highest and best use, I believe is the word we used, um, is helping others grow their business. Are you talking about realtors specifically? I'm talking about any, anybody. And what I mean by that is like, you know, I've done this a long time, three or four years ago, I go meet this top producing guy, right? The kind where you're like in the parking lot and you got like butterflies in your belly, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to crush it with this dude. I'm going to walk out. He's going to give me all his business. So you're all excited. Right. And then you walk into the meeting and you're like, holy crap, I'm intimidated now. I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Right. Cause this guy's right. like major. Yeah. And he says to me, which is so ridiculous at this stage of my career, because we're talking a couple of years ago. And he says to me, why do you do this? Like, why, you know, why are you working so much? Like, why are you doing this? Like, is it the money? Is it helping people? Like, what's your cheesy? Why? Hmm. And I got like all starstruck and everything and I couldn't really answer. And I left there upset, not because I didn't like do good at the meeting or whatever, but I left there upset because I didn't really feel that I was being true to myself on what my why really was. And what I realized after and doing like a self inventory of that was that I really enjoyed watching other people's success, like that pay it forward thing. And so I had like Jenny Grew was one of my top um, branch managers in Houston, Texas. And like, I remember getting a video from her, like on a mountain when she got married in Mexico, like, look, I've, I've taken my mom and dad out of the country for the first time. And like, you helped me do this. And so like, she's crying in the video and everything. And meanwhile, she went to work every day. She did her, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't do her job for her every day. Right. But I like helped her achieve that. Mm. And the feeling that I got from that was so overwhelming that that's kind of what I knew between that and that meeting that I just want to listen to people and help them do better. And that I get really fulfilled by that. Mm. And then through that, you get production and money and things like that. Isn't that funny? If you focus on just being of service above all else, right? These good things come to you. Hmm. It doesn't even feel like work anymore, really. Right. Right. Well, you know why that's cool because you don't have the agenda of like, I have to get, get, get like, there is no end game. There is just you being you showing up as you. And if some, and if something positive happens or comes out of that, cool. If not, that's cool too. It seems like you're like, not, not attached to the outcome. What's weird is that it took me longer, I think, to realize that and I got to this point in my career where I couldn't grow anymore. And I was at, I felt like I was at like this road mm. and everywhere I went, I was like frustrated because I just couldn't do more business or I was just working more. I wasn't taking care of myself, like all the things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think even my husband had said to me, 
you know, like you need to make a decision at this point, like, you know, and we've been together, you know, 31 years, my husband and I, right. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, this isn't working. So I was like, oh crap, I'm in trouble. Right. I'm working too much. <laughs> Red you know? flag. Yeah. I was like, oh boy, danger zone. <laughs> right. Um, and so I think that it was all those things that came together that was like, all right, I'm either going to the right side of this road or I'm going to the left side of this road. And, um, and I'm glad that I took the road that I took. Let's put it that way, you know? All right. So what are some of the shifts, changes? What was difficult in your business that you had to right, go through to make those changes happen? <laughs> this is, I'm going to give you the first one and the hardest one ever. And it doesn't mean that I don't struggle and go back and then have to do it again. But um, I have found that I am the number one greatest of all time nitpicker. <laughs> okay. So I want to be like, oh, you didn't call my customer in 24 hours. And, you know, you missed this condition and the underwriter this and that. And, you know, and, you know, why didn't you set up that lunch for 12 and confirm it three minutes early and all that. And so um, people I found, shocker, don't really love working for nitpickers. <laughs> right. Um, and so with that comes being a control freak and, you know, all that. Right. Um, so then I thought, OK, at what point do you do you get to this point of balance where like you're still doing those things somewhat because you got to run a business. Right. So there's got to be accountability and stuff. So there's got to be some of that to determine how to help people be better and stuff. Right? right. Versus doing it all the time. And like, basically the message that I found out was sending was, Hey, by the way, I don't trust you. I don't have confidence in you. You're not going to do it as good as me. Um, like those are the messages I was sending. Right. And I was being like, a you know, horrible leader basically. Mm. Um, and so that's still hard. Like everybody does that, right? You, you know, you, you go 10 steps forward, you take 20 back and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my team would be like, yeah, sure. Send those emails at 2 a.m. Bring it. We love them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I do them, uh, I would say 90% less frequently than I did before. And uh, I would say that was like the biggest thing hmm. that, that was something that I had to let go going down that road. It was like a decision, almost like an alcoholic in a weird way. Like I'm not going to drink anymore, you know, right, like, right. I don't drink, but you get my point, you know? And, and did you, cause most people are re reluctant to do that because they think the level at which their business operated or the service level is going to drop off when they delegate control. What did you find that happened? I found that if you give clear communication, which is funny because we all know all the right things to do, right? We all know if I have a direct path of how to send leads in and if my realtor knows exactly what's going to happen when they, you know, give us a deal and that they know that I'm there if they need me and like all the things we all know what to do. The thing is, is that we all grow, I think, at different times and levels to be able to implement all those things. Mm. And so what's shocking is the more you implement those things that, you know, you're supposed to be doing, the more you do more business. Hmm. Is that kind of like forced growth? Because you, you kind of said, if I heard you correctly, it's like we may not all be at the right stage to implement those things. Well, I think you got to be ready. And I, well, I, I can say this. I can say that's the way that it was for me. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. And so it took me. So I joined this coaching program. I'm spending $3,500 a month. My husband's like, maybe it's a cult. Maybe it's not. But it's $3,500 <laughs> a month. Right. Yeah. And, you know, finance, family, you know, faith, all this stuff and everything. 
And so I didn't listen or implement the things that they taught me for the first two years. Wow, really? And then when I did, shocker, my income tripled. Hmm. Hmm. What would you say if you could identify, and it's not necessarily an easy or fair question, but are there, you know, you know, do you ever, you ever see that old example of like, you know, you're filling a, a, a canister or a vase with little pebbles and big rocks and all that. So that's like life and business. There's a bunch of little pebbles, there's sand, but then there's big rocks. What were the big rocks you think that helped you once you finally adopted what they were suggesting you do? I'm like, boy, this is the podcast last therapy session, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, woo, who's listening to this thing? Um, I would say I wasn't um, having the best life. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, hey, my husband got more love on Father's Day than I got on Mother's Day. Mm. And that kind of would sting, right? Or, you know, uh, you know, my son broke his arm and I was like, yeah, I'll be right over there because, you know, my top loan officer drove in from South Carolina and I got to get him set up first. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I had everything backwards. And then when I realized I wasn't being like the person that I wanted to be because I didn't have my things that mattered most in the right order. And that's for me, that's personal, right? Everybody might have their own thing, but that's, that's me. And that is when I realized that what I saw in my mentors was that they had all those things in check. They Mm -hmm. had, you know, working 30, 40 hours a week. They had being a good mom. They had spending time with their grandchildren. They had, you know, doing 30, 40 loans a month. They had all those things. And I was like, all right, well, I want all those things. Mm -hmm. And so I finally like surrendered in a sense of saying like, what is it that I'm going to need to do to have all those things? Because if they could do it, Let's be real. There's not really Wonder Woman and there's not really a Superman, right? They don't really like exist for real. Yep. And so I started to think like, well, if somebody else can do it, then I can do it too. And I just, I'm going to have to get uncomfortable to do it. Mm. Okay. Which I'm still going through, by the way, just to be transparent. Like I'm still working on that right now. Like sure. big time. Well, I think that's, that's a danger zone when you're feeling comfortable. You know, I, I've been listening lately to um, this audiobook called Winning by Tim Grover. Tim Grover is a guy who wrote the first book was called Relentless. And some of the listeners, I don't know if you know who he is, right? It's pretty big out there in terms of personal uh, on the speaking stages. But for those who don't know, he was the physical strength and conditioning coach for Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, um, uh, Dwayne Wade, I think, uh, Charles Barkley, Scottie Pippen, like, you know, is as a who-who for Michael Jordan was his very first client. Anyway, this concept about winning is that that's one of the things that you realize with people who who win right at a high level is they never like you know they'll they'll take a moment and celebrate yes acknowledge their wins but then it's like it's like the Tom Brady quote what's your favorite ring the next one you know <laughs> I never heard that by the way that's yeah. good so it's like once you get like complacency is the onset or beginning onset of like of of mediocre you know you can't stay the same. You're either moving forward or, or backwards. It's funny that you say that because just the other day I was listening to a uh, like a YouTube thing with Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. And I actually listened to it, I think, on Monday, right? Because we're not always waking up on Monday morning. Like I have right. a joke. I call it Mortgage Monday. Mortgage Monday, I do all these things. And so this Monday I woke up, it's like raining, all these things. I'm like, so I'm like, I'm listening to this Kobe Bryant thing. 
So then I was like, crap, this is good. I listened to the same thing again on Tuesday, same one. Call my team in and I was like, guys, do you feel that if you're on my team that I expect winners? Like I expect to be everybody playing like, like I hate to say it, but it's like, if you're not wanting to play at that level and you're not wanting to be in the seat above you, then I'm not the team for you. And Kobe said that like in that uh, YouTube video. And I always like felt weird. Like, Hey, I don't want to tell my team, like, I don't want them here. Right. Or that mm. I don't appreciate them. Like they say, you know, thank your team members 10 times a day. Right. Mm -hmm. Never complain to your team, da, 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 all the stuff. But I just was like, wow, I'm so focused on like clear communication. Have I, if I, have I been clear with them that I want you to play at a super high level? That's my expectation. Because mm. that's what I want for my client. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm promising. So if I'm promising that, you got to deliver that for me. I love that. Uh, how do you maintain that level of excellence or, you know, expectations with your team? Do you structure weekly meetings and stuff? What does that look like? So first, I believe in super crazy, psychotic, insane fun. Okay, nice. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, ring the bell and, you know, like run through the office and we have snack attack every day at two o'clock, right? So our team meetings are at two o'clock, our off meetings at two o'clock for 15 minutes, our sales meetings at two o'clock, 15 minutes, our snack shows up at two o'clock. Everybody has like water ice and whatever. So we're all eating, sitting on the couches, talking about what we need to have done, we're making ourselves available to them at two o'clock. So if anybody's on the phone, they're like, hey, listen, I'm going to sit with my manager at two o'clock. So I'm going to have that answer for you. Um, so very clear expectations. We also do quarterly team outings. We do. Um, I offer, hey, I'll do your budget with you. I'm going to help you with your bills, your savings. As a matter of fact, I just had my personal financial planner come into the office on the clock, sit with every employee I have for 30 minutes, answer any financial questions they have, anything whatever, like whether it's life insurance, 401k, whatever. And then what my husband and I are going to do is we're going to bonus them accordingly based on what they want to have that they don't have, whether that be, it's like, Hey, you need life insurance and you can't afford it. And it's, you know, $300 a year. Well, we're going to give you a bonus. If you, you know, you meet X metrics and we're going to pay for your life insurance for the year. Hmm. That's cool. So we want to like be all in. We want to be like, you have like people look at it and go, or let's put it this way. I used to look at it and go, I'm paying you. I expect you to show up big and do all my things and whatever. And then all of a sudden I realized, well, darn, there's a real difference between paying people that want to be here and paying people that don't want to be here. Hmm. And at the end of the day, they're the one talking to your client about you. Yeah. Hmm. Love that. Love that. Did you... Awesome. You know what I mean? Have you had to let anybody go because they weren't playing at the level you expected? Well, first I'm going to give them every opportunity to get there. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I have, I had to let go recently. I had a processor work for me for eight years. Like he was like a brother to me. It felt like mm -hmm. I was so devastated and very girly. Like when we had to let him go, and mind you, to make matters worse without disclosing too much, his wife worked for us also. Oh, wow. That's tough. And so the problem was one of them worked in the office, one of them worked on the floor, and they complained to each other across the room all day. Mm. And it was like, I think when I finally let them go and we went to write the HR thing up, I had 218 coaching or corrective emails to them about like the complaining. Wow. 
So I'm like, I think I pretty much made an effort 200 times talking to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I had to let them go. Not. And and here's the craziest thing. He was my best processor. He was my showed up all the time. Never late, never called out, never sick, showed up all the time. Mm. Most knowledgeable, systematic guidelines got the job done. The thing that I couldn't get past was like the office cancer of complaining. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't do it. It was like making me like, I wasn't, I was like, I'm not excited to get there every day. And it's my company. And I forget where I read it. Um, It might've been like a Michael Jordan thing or something, but they said, you become an entrepreneur because you then choose who you want to surround yourself with. Hmm. Yep. And so I was like, yeah, I just didn't want to be around that anymore. And that was really, really tough. But, uh, you know, Hmm. but I'll tell you what, it made such an example for everybody else. That they were like, holy crap, if we're willing to let go of somebody that's like, you know, an ace, yeah, then they really take complaining like seriously. Oh, what was the uh, net impact of morale on your team? <laughs> well, surprisingly, I ended up with the best team I've ever had in 20 something years. Very difficult decision to do, though, obviously, as you said. Like, it took me gut So we let go the wife first. Mm-hmm hoping that the husband would be like, okay, maybe, maybe they weren't working well together, right? Because let's be real. In the mortgage and real estate industry, it's super common now for spouses and families to work together. It's like a thing, right. I feel like. Yep. And so I know for myself, working with my husband, um, when we first started working together, the first six months, I think was the first time we ever were going to end up divorced. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> True yep. story. Like for real. I was like, oh my God, this is not going to work. Um, now, obviously, I can't imagine my days without him there, of course. You know, it's been six or seven years now. But um, but I thought, okay, if we let her go, um, maybe, you know, they're not just, maybe it's not the work environment. Maybe they're just not working well together and it's just too much for their relationship. Right. And so I quickly realized within 90 days that wasn't the case. And, and sometimes, and I don't know if this is true or not because I don't know, but maybe sometimes people, they need a new start too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I know. I think back real quick, flashback when I have been let go someplace in the past. It was probably ultimately the best thing that happened, right? It was some people need a wake up call, right? Yeah, and you gave yeah. them plenty of chances, by the way. So, <laughs> yeah, just <prove> it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because earlier today I had a coaching uh, call with my team, and uh, what I wrote down was um, right activities and right people. Right? Are we doing the right activities, and are we doing them with the right people? That's such a key. Well, that's interesting because Ron, the owner of uh, Cross Country, first of all, is the most amazing. And this is not like a solicitation or recruiting or nothing like that. But this dude straight up changed my life. And mind you, I'm going to say he changed my life. And in the seven years I've been at Cross Country, I may have spoken to him five times. Hmm. So imagine mm-hmm. me saying that statement, right? Yeah. And so... Um, he said something to me before about top grading. I never knew what top grading meant in business. I was like, oh, what does that mean? And it basically means like you have somebody that's a processor, but really should be a salesperson. And then you don't really like need a salesperson, but you put them in sales because it's what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And like some business leaders say that's a horrible idea because you should just let them go if they're not doing a good job in their job. Mm. But I look at it and go, well, maybe they're better at something else. And they're a really good like worker in person. And let's try this job instead. Right. And I have right now like four or five people on my team actually that I've actually moved around to different positions over time until they found the right position that was good for them. Mm-hmm. And now they're like the most amazing whatever that they're in. 
Yeah. Well, it's like you said, if they're good people, they've got the work ethic, ethic, they're a good fit, right. For the culture and all that, maybe they're just, yeah, in the wrong role. And if that's great that you are willing to find a role for them, that really speaks to how you value people. I just, I'm getting older, right? Let's be real. I plan on giving my business to, you know, my book of business to my son at some point when that time comes. And so I want to, you know, not just because he's my son, but I, I have a lot of young people on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say 60% of my team are under 35. Mm-hmm. And so uh, hence I'm on a podcast, which is like, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to them. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you got to do this. It's like amazing. I'm like, what is it? Um, uh, And so um, I feel like this is their future and I want to build something amazing for them that I can look back on my retirement and be like, look at these awesome careers that I left for these people. How cool would that be? You know? Yeah, it's very interesting. It strikes a chord with me as well because you're building something special, you know, you're leaving legacy. It's what you are. And I think that you can tell a business when you're dealing with a business, business owner, uh, I think of recently, I just went through two transactions, installed two new air conditioners here, a water softener. And, I, you know, and I've interviewed the three different companies. And I, I approach this as a, this is going to be a test for me to test people's customer experience process and see what it's like and how passionate are they and do I get that feeling. And it's very obvious. You can tell by people's how well are the employees trained, how great is the sales pitch, um, what's the follow-up like. Like it's very obvious and we are drawn to want to have more of those experiences. I'm going to give you something that's such a big mm-hmm. nugget. It's the silliest thing that was such a game changer, right? So my husband and I love Myrtle Beach. It's like our place. Mm-hmm. And so I had to call the water company there, right? I call the water company there and the lady goes, it's a great day in South Carolina. How can I help you? And I stop, I look at the phone and I'm like, well, darn, that's different, right? Kind of like the Chick-fil-A, my pleasure. So I sit down and I write down all these words. I call them wall, uh, wall words, right? So words you can't say, words you can say. Can't say busy, can't say unavailable, can't say those words, right? Mm-hmm. Can say my pleasure, it's a great day, uh, need, you know, all those things. Anyways, so... I do a lot of Spanish speaking loans because I'm Spanish. I have a Spanish speaking team. I do a lot of Spanish speaking loans. And so my receptionist does not speak Spanish. So when Spanish speaking customers come in, if they call the direct number, they usually, there's a gap in communication. Oh, I need to speak to so-and-so. I don't really understand. Can you give me your number, et cetera? Anyways, I have a contest. I go, guys, this is just two weeks ago, May 1st. I go, we're going to answer the phone when you call my office that it's going to say, it's a great team. It's a great day at the Parker team with Cross Country Mortgage going to help you. And I want to I want to do a test and see what the reaction is. Do you I will tell you for a fact that I have not had one Spanish hang up. I have had customers compliment me when they actually spoke to me and or a loan officer on my team saying, you guys are so warm. It's such a pleasure calling your office. It's like, what do you feed them there? And like all this <laughs> stuff, all because of the way they answer the phone. Mm-hmm. First impression. But it's like, I mean, I was like, I want a wow. I want a, yeah. like, I was like, I want you to put them on hold. I want you to walk over to somebody's desk. I want you to 
tell, like, I want you to take their cell phone. I want you to do all the things. I don't want you to let them go. You're not allowed to let them go. And um, I literally gave my receptionist a hundred bucks uh, on Friday for answering the phone. So, well, Oh, that's awesome. It made yeah, that so much rewarding behavior, but even better than that is I love the fact that you uh, intentionally thought through that and decided to architect a actual process, you know? Well, that could be good and bad because I'm always like trying to improve and I'm always like, Hey, if you're going to be around me, you better like that Michael Jackson song. You know what I mean? Because Wait, I'm no, all about which one? Oh, oh, got it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, we're going to be singing that song, holding hands together. That's how that's going to go. People tend to look at change and go, they change things all the time. Things are always changing, you know, and I look at that like a positive. Well, for sure. You know, it's funny because I remember uh, one of my uh, bosses back in the day said something to me. He said, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. And if people are just tolerating, right, the Teresa Parker team and the vibe and the style, then they're on their way out, right? You are attracting people who want to, like you said, be excited to come to work. Not it's a drag, you know, so then you're going to get better performance. You're going to get people who go the extra mile instead of bowing out early. Let me stay late and finish this file because, right, they have a vested interest in it. Plus all the extra stuff you're doing with, you know, the financial advisor and all that jazz. That's really good. I really hope that. I'm creating something special because I just like, love it so much. Sincerely. Like it's what I am so passionate about. Like, you know, my husband's like, we're going out to dinner and we can't talk about loans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that hundred um, yeah. <laughs> percent. No, it's funny. Cause I remember there, there's an old saying from uh, an industry where people come for the opportunity, um, but they stay for the personal development, for like who they become, right? And so they're coming to you for a job initially. They don't know what they're getting with the TP team. You know what I mean? They might like during the interview process and all that. And they're like, oh shit, this is something different, right? But then once they're there, they're like, A, does it live up to the uh, external perception, right? And then B, when they are getting recruited away or whatever, oh, we're going to give you X amount of more money. Like, yeah, but you don't have what I have. You know? I'm gonna give an example of something that I do, and I know that we're on a podcast, but I'm gonna show you. <laughs> Go ahead. We can describe it. Literally, right here. Every month, I pick three people, right, and they rotate, and I write a thank you card to them. And in it, I'll do like you know, fifty dollars to Wawa or twenty five dollars to whatever, or something very small, right? Mm. And I mail it to their house, and the card is like mushy. It's like. Mike, like, I appreciate you so much. You know, um, I love that you did this on that file, like whatever, whatever, whatever. And I mail it to their house and everybody gets one every quarter. Right. Or like, so an employee might get one once a year. Let's put it that way, because I rotate quarters and I send three people. Right. Usually I wait for somebody to do like something really amazing and I send it to them. And, you know, my husband's always like, why don't you just give it to them at work? Or why don't you just leave it on their desk? And I go, I mail it to their house because when they get home 30 minutes late, it's their wife or husband that's like, you didn't make it to the soccer game. You didn't make it to dinner. Like, I know because I was, I'm them. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I hear all the time, like, the wives or the husbands going, like, I just had um, a sofa I gave to one of my loan partners that bought a house. And he came with his wife to pick it up. And as he was loading in the truck, his wife said to me, he loves working for you guys. And she was like, seriously, I've worked at my job for nine years and I never got like, thank you, this, that, another thing. And she's like, I can't believe that you guys actually took time to handwrite a card and mail it to him and give him, you know, a $50 gas card. She was like, I literally told my entire family 
that like Roger has the best job ever. Wow. Hmm. Think there's any potential referrals down the road there? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, think about how easy that would be for other, um, you yeah. know, they, like why that's not like super hard. Well, you know, what's funny about this. I, I, I was attempted to go cliche for a moment, but we all know this. We like, we, we are aware of that, that this could be done. The problem is, why aren't you doing it? What's the excuse? And by the way, did, did you have an excuse before you started? I'm too busy. It was, I'm too busy. I don't have any time. I was just tired. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is, to be honest, and this is what I learned again through like coaching, self-inventory, all the things, mm-hmm. is that you do the things that, are, that you want to do. Yeah. And you do the things that you think are important. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't like, I'll, instead I would be like, Oh, I'm going to send a real, um, you know, an email to 10 more realtors in, instead of doing that. Mm. And it's like, well, why don't I do that instead? And then he's going to take an excellent care of the 10 realtors I have. And then I won't lose them. Yep. Yep. And, um, I just, you know, you, you just have it all. Like some people just have it all wrong and I still have a lot of things all wrong. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. the one thing that I got is, that I really just feel like my people, when you want to like duplicate yourself or make clones or whatever, some people are like, Oh, I'm going to train them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, you've got to just take care of them and make sure that they know that you care more than anybody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. A, a leader's job is to lead, right. To draw people right forward in the direction that you want to go. And if, if they're not willing to fight for you, you know what I mean? Based on who you are and, how you make them feel, then you're going to have unloyal people who are trying to get away with stuff probably when you're not looking. <laughs> you know, the one thing I used to do so bad, which, you know, I still work on is we have a tendency to like get like all buddy, buddy with our team. Cause they're our team. And then we have a tendency to complain to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, this customer, you know, blah, 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 blah. or, you know, this agent doesn't know this. Blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, and when I go to coaching, I just hear they always say, like, don't complain to your team, don't complain to your team, don't complain to your team, don't complain to your right. team. Right. So it's like every time I go to catch myself doing it, because it's so natural to do it when you're so cool with your teammates, mm-hmm. my husband will be like, you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I feel like if, if, if there was one thing that I learned that I think was one of the most impactful things was just don't complain to your team. Mm, exactly. Yep. Yep. It's okay, like in private with your fellow you know, um, executives or whatever, or your partner, right. Maybe your husband or whatever, like you can have those conversations. Yeah. Cause it all, we don't want to, we don't want to pollute people's minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird how something, so, you know, I just, you know, cause you know, you do it. Right. So I just, I just did it recently about something about a loan. The guy didn't understand. We explained things so multiple times, like all the stuff. And then like two days later, I heard one of my loan partners go, you know, I really don't want to work with her. She's just such a pain, blah, 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 about the realtor. And I kind of was like, Ooh, how do I now go recover from that? When two days ago I was doing something similar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yep. you know, I don't want to lie. Right. I want to be like myself. because like, that's important. And so, um, even, you know, just this week, you know, it's like, I learned something that I was like, wow, I realized how important that is. And I need to not do that. Yeah. Well, people will kind of rise to the level of expectations or not. Right. And if they don't, well, you know, the conversation there, but that we've got to have those high standards. Who else is going to set them besides the leader? This is, this is an awesome conversation. I think I'm listening, I'm here putting my audience's ears on and I know there are people, cause I've, 
talked about building teams in the past. And this is one of the most sought after topics is how do I build a team, right? And all the different things. So I think you've been doing great, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. I want to, um, in the last few minutes we have, I want to get a little bit more tactical because these are the usual uh, boxes I like to check. Um, what is your number one source of business? You're going to think it's crazy, but it's past clients. No, I don't think it's crazy. But what I am curious about now then, uh, let's see, you're doing, what'd you say, like 35 deals a month, something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what per- do you have any idea what percentage that is? Yep, it's 44%. 44%. So how do you do that? Um, I do uh, gifting um, quarterly and not okay. by production or loan size or anything. I uh, literally do gifting. For example, I'll do hand sanitizers or, um, you know, uh, funny thing. When rates went down, it was October. I got these little skeletons from um, Amazon uh-huh. and my girls cut my face out. And it was one of those skeletons where you can stretch like a, like a gummy, yeah, right. put my face out. I sent the skeleton with a little candy and the flyer said, don't be scared to call me and, you know, review your mortgage and my mm-hmm. little face skeleton and people, people literally were taking pictures of it and sending it to me saying this is like the funniest thing they've ever seen and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I try to be very, very every day with them and not like fake and stuff. Um, I'll do things like drop mother's day plants on their front doors when they get home. Um, they have them and you know, they're like five bucks. And what I do is, um, I will take like, and when I say monthly, um, I might do 15 in a week, right? So you got 60 in a month okay. and then I get everybody to, in my entire office to maybe drop off two. So it's not like I'm taking a whole day running around on a Saturday and running all over the place and dropping off 15 plants. Really? You, like, you just like roll those out to your team and say, hey, you take two, you take two and on your way home yep. or whatever? Yeah. You live in this place. So does this person. You live in that zip code. So does that person. Can you leave 30 minutes early on Friday and drop them off for me? Wow. That's cool. And I have um, a little like string around it, like one of those pieces of yarn. And on the yarn, it's my card and the realtor that funded the loan with them card. Hmm. Very cool. And I bet you show that to the realtor too, right? Of course. <laughs> or a lot of times the client calls the realtor and thanks them and thinks that they left it. Ah, really? Uh-huh. Interesting. That's, so that's, that's huge. Cool. Um, and then um, we work off a perfect work week. So Monday we call 40 agents um, and there's a metric to what 40 agents we call. Tuesday we do Tuesday updates, right? Status updates on your pipeline. Um, Wednesday, we work what's called our lead tracker. So we re, um, try to connect with any leads we haven't converted in the last 60 days. Um, Thursdays, we work our VIPs and past clients. So things like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Memorial Day, 4th of July, things of that nature. And mm-hmm. Friday, we call our pre-approvals because obviously buyers are shopping on the weekends. Right. And so Monday calling agents, I can't tell you how many times on Monday I call agents and they go, you know, I called my mortgage guy three times this morning and he didn't answer. And I have this contract. I really have this question. Can you answer for me? Can I give you this contract? All right. So we're, explain that. What do you mean? What do you mean? You just like, what, who are these agents you're calling on Monday? So Monday we call 40 agents. 10 of them are agents that we deal with all the time. So these are existing partners. Right. Right. Okay. 10 of them we call that are listing agents on deals we did within the last 90 days. Okay. Got it. 10 of them are whales, just agents that we want to do business with. Right. Mm-hmm. And 10 of them are off a roster 
of an agent we're already doing business with. So if I'm already doing business with, you know, Gina Romano, Romano Realty, I'm going to call 10 people in her organization and I'm going to say, hey, I already work with Gina. And, uh, you know, I saw your name. You're within the same brokerage. I'd love to, you know, how was your weekend and blah, 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 blah. Interesting. So everything that I do, although it seems it comes from a good place and it's like, you know, it comes to my heart and everything or an idea in the middle of the night when I wake up and stuff. Right. Right. But all of it is very calculated, although not fake. No. Well, it's intentional. Yes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I just wrote that down, by the way, because I've heard people and I know that's a big thing for the core. As a matter of fact, somebody asked that on a call earlier today. So let me pose you that question. As we know, the refi market is off the cliff and you know, uh, the assumption is we've got a bunch of LOs back into the chase after real estate agents. And the question this morning was, you know, should I be that LO that's calling agents cold? Because I don't want to you know, be like that other, all the LOs that are also chasing those agents as well with the same approach. What do you say? So that's the wrong way. I think the wrong way to look at it. I don't coach my loan officers that way. Mm -hmm. I say... The person with the most friends wins. If they just so happen to be agents, then good for you. Mm -hmm. But what you're doing is you're calling and making friends. You're not calling um, to call agents. And if you look at it like, hey, I'm calling to get agents to get business, then it's not going to, it's going to seem like you're calling to get agents to get business. Well, then what's, what's the, the, the talk track then, right? Because let's say you're an agent. Maybe I don't know you and you're like on my 40 and it's just like, hey, what's up? This is Jeff at Cross Country. Just checking in. I'm here to help. If you need any help, how was your weekend? Like, Yeah, I don't do that call whatsoever. I rarely ask for business at the end. It's more of, now keep in mind, I have two um, business development person, you know, girls. Mm -hmm. And I also have um, uh, an assistant. And so before I make my calls, like on Friday, for example, they'll go through and list commonalities. Hey, I saw that, um, you know, you go to Village Pub there too. Um, or I saw you put an ad in Clipper Magazine. What's your return? I, I'm not calling to solicit you. I'm thinking about putting an ad on the same shopping cart. And I just want to know, like, what's your return on investment? Like, does it work for you? Does it not work for you? And now the, the whole guard. Down because I'm not soliciting her now. I'm, I'm befriending her, right? So then she's going to be like, yeah, like it works to me or it doesn't. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome because I really wanted to do it too, but I didn't want to waste any money, especially in this market. You know how it goes, girl. And then I'm like, you know, and I'm Terry. I'm like, listen, if I can ever help anybody for you, let me know. Um, but I really appreciate your time in giving me your advice on, you know, the marketing that you're doing and you're doing awesome things. And now all of a sudden, like two days later, I'm getting a call from her going, you're so nice and blah, blah, blah. Mm. I love it. That's strategy. I was a big believer in that as well. I was originating as well for 10 years. And I used to spend like, um, I, I would spend 20, 30 minutes easily researching the agent before I call them because I want that. I want that context. Are they into horses? Do they have a kid who plays at this university or whatever? Right. So I have something or they have a new listing that I wanted to have a comment on. Like, holy crap, that's a, that's an awesome house. You know what I mean? Love to swing by and see it and yada, da, da, and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. I think if you're just calling to, to call, right? Like to throw crap against the wall, then that's going to suck. <laughs> you were like, oh, phone burner. I'm going to dial the calls and bang them out in an hour and whatever. And I'm like, here's my rule. I do for So the, the core does 40 agents on Monday. Mm -hmm. I do it this way. I call 40 agents on Monday. Every loan partner I have has to call 20. So they have to do half the work that I have to do. If you mm -hmm. want to be on my team, right? Yeah. 
And so now we're calling, you know, 150, 60 agents, whatever. Right. And you're not going to reach everybody and whatever. Hmm. The rule is can't be in front of your computer when you're making the calls. Got to hmm. be in a different room. So you can't take, you can't have your email, text, none of that stuff. Got to be away. We have a form. It's called the Mortgage Monday form. And on there, I wish I would have had it to show you, but it shows who they called, what they talked about, and a fun fact. I want to know a fun fact about them. Why do I want to know a fun fact? So when I call them back the next week, right, I know, oh, you talked to Jen last week about whatever. Thanks for taking the time to talk to her. And the agent's like, oh, you remembered? No, I didn't remember. I got the piece of paper in front of me. And now I, you know, <laughs> you know so I mean? you're calling the same agents every week? So um, if you're calling your 10 that you're doing business all the time, then sure. But oh, you're sure. Talking about, you know what I mean? But um, no, we rotate. So okay. Jen, for example, will call her 10 new agents, right? Mm -hmm. And then she'll come to me at that two o'clock meeting and be like, this one's good. She's going to like us. Call uh, her next week. I see. Okay, got it. I got it. And then nice. I'm the big guns. I come in and call them the next week. And then you go for a meeting or a Zoom or what? So then my husband pulls their numbers off CoreLogic. Mm -hmm. um, we only really will try to do somebody, you know, something with somebody if they're doing 15 to 18 transactions a year buyer side. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I'll try to do a coffee or Zoom or something with that. You know? It's very interesting that you say that uh, because I've interviewed a, a lot of people right uh, in your category, your echelon of top producers in the country, Scotsman's Guide people, all that stuff. Right. And what I find and I'm actually I have MMI open here. And this is this is usually what I like to do. What I find is most top producers um, have their source of loans spread across a wide patch of realtors. Like, you know what I mean? I'm looking at yours right here. Clearly, Romano Realty is your number one. Then you got Ricky Brody. Then you got, you know, you got Hassey and Joan. And But then from then on down, it's like two loans, three loans total. Yeah. So, so this whale concept, this hunting whale concept, like, first of all, whales are already, right? They've got a lot of other fish feeding off of them, <laughs> right? And they typically want something. But the biggest yeah. thing is that um, right now, anyway, is that, you know, if you would have looked at that two years ago, you would have probably saw 20 agents at mostly all of our business where now it's like onesie, twosie, threesie, foursie, whatever. And that's because you got so many people attacking them. Right. Mm -hmm. And in reality, right now, like if you were to Google my zip code as an example, there's one house for sale. Yeah. Right. And so if you have a top realtor that had, you know, let's say Joanna Pap or, you know, Patty Setter that used to have 17 to 20 listings, you know, now they have two. Mm -hmm. And so the facts are, I think in this market, you just need more realtors to do the same amount of business. Right. Because there's a hell of a lot more realtors slicing up the pie. Right. Although the pendulum swinging and we might see that kind of return to more normal. I know here in Vegas, where I live, we have... 17,000 licensed, right? Licensed. So that could include loan officers, but the licenses in the board of realtors for 4,000 transactions. Yeah. It's like, it's nuts. I think I read somewhere. I don't know if this is a fact or not. So don't hold me to this, but I think I heard or read somewhere that one third of all licensed loan officers right now got licensed in the last 24 months. Really? A lot, I, of, like, lot of people rushing into the parade and they don't realize it's like the, it's already, it's coming through town. You know what I mean? It's like, you got to catch like, up. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and so I say that because like literally, I think in the last like 90 days, I had two loan officers approached me like, hey, I want to, you know, get a job with you guys, blah, blah, blah. 
but they're like, you know, brand new. Like mm-hmm. one dude hasn't even done a transaction before. And I'm like, you know, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a big believer in you can, right, achieve anything. You've got the skills and the right mindset to do it. Um, but it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, we, we have my wife or whatever. She's like, you know, oh, maybe I should be a her. Maybe she should be a realtor. I'm just like, uh, I don't know that you want to play that game right now. <laughs> what does your wife actually do? She's a, actually a senior vice president for a technology company locally here in Vegas. Uh, she's been there 10 years and she's just a workaholic. So if you're listening, dear, I love you. I appreciate you. <laughs> Good um, man. Smart. <laughs> well, you mentioned you guys have been married. How, how many years again? So we've been together 31 years. 31. Yeah. Um, we've been married for 26 or seven, I think. All right. So you got me beat. I'm, I'm coming up on uh, 22 here in July. Oh, nice. That's It's not heard of that. That's a thing anymore. You know what I mean? It's, it's what? It's not heard of that people are married oh, that long anymore. You know, it's right. really sad. You know what I mean? Well, like anything, it's work, right? It ain't easy. It isn't always the bed of roses. Uh, and you, that's, that's the secret, though, to success, I think, in most things, is you have to be willing to commit through it when it sucks, right? And go through the hard time and have this bigger picture and vision for where do you want to go. And there are definitely some dark moments and times in business and in relationships. Um, but you just can't, you can't ever make that decision. Just throw in the towel, you know, assuming. My husband just said to me the other day, I'm in the kitchen cooking. It's 730 at night. He comes in and he goes, I got this great idea. I go, all right. Right. And he's like a, he's like a I and C personality. Right. So I'm like, okay, what's your great idea? He's like, I think we should sit down and, uh, and, 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 and converse on what it is I really, really need from you and what it is you really, really need from me. And I was like, now we've been here 31 years. I was like, I think I pretty much have this idea down at this point, but I actually thought about what he said. And I thought, Mm. what a great idea because it's constant communication and relationships change. For example, Haji Kosi, I've been working with for years. Like I would say if I had to give a guess, he's probably going to kill myself if I just listen to this, but I would say, you know, you know, six years, five or six years, Mm -hmm. right. Or so. And he used to be, we used to do a lot more business together, me and his brother Byram and stuff. And uh, you know, and Byram now is using someone else. But my point is, that um it's like what people need from you changes yeah right so i thought to myself wow my husband literally just sat down like and came up with this like great idea that i didn't even think about and now i was like great idea babe let's do that on saturday but tomorrow i'm gonna call every single one of my realtors and ask them what they need from me now (laughs) (laughs) that's such a good point and i you i usually do those in the in january right and then the end of the year kind of uh q1 planning uh, what are your goals, right? I want to better like what's going on in your business, but that's also appropriate for right now in the market, considering what's happening with this shift taking place. Um, very cool stuff. All right. So we covered a lot of bases here. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Um, what I didn't get to was the social media. Are you on social? I am. All right. Where do we find you? What's your favorite platform? So I'm old school, so I'm Facebook girl, but, uh, Definitely use Instagram as well. And I'm under Terry Santiago Parker with an I. All right, cool. Uh, And that's on both platforms? Yep. And I I do a lot of video products of the week. Uh, I try to be as educational as possible on there, as well as my beautiful grandchildren, of course, and and boys. All right. Real quick, then. I have time for one question. Um, 
how you, you've a number of times you've you you've referenced the whole I'm getting older, right? You came out and like disclosed your age, whatever that. Hey, I'm 57, <laughs> so I can get it. Um, have you found that to be a challenge pivoting to social media? Uh, yes. I mean, I honestly just asked the girls like two weeks ago. I was like, I don't know how to go into Instagram and look up certain things. Can you show me? Okay. And, you know, honestly, because uh, I feel like, you know, different age uses Facebook, different age uses Instagram. And now there's TikTok, which I'm not on yet, but I'm told that's my next journey. So look out for me on TikTok sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, you know, I just hired a top producer, right? Yeah. Top, top producer named Joanna Valdez does about 25 loans a month, super talented, knows her crap. Awesome. Not on social media. I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you have any idea how much business I get from social media? It's unbelievable. I believe, and I don't want to quote myself on this, but I believe it's like 18% of my, my fundings. Really? Are these consumers, realtors, both? Combination of. Mm-hmm. Then that's just from you posting content, having a presence. Yeah. One person said to me, I had Roger Lequist is one of my loan partners doing a product of the week for a while. Mm-hmm. And one of my realtors hit me up and was like, can you do them? Because I like him doing them, but I want to hear what you have to say. And I was like, well, I'm telling him what to say, but regardless, um, you know, it was cool to have somebody like give me feedback to say that they're actually listening and watching to the product of the week. And so I thought, all right, if I do a product of the week or at least a message, you know, whether it be motivational, whatever, then I'm going to get, you know, once a week on Mondays, I try to post them as, as much as I can. Um, that's 52 times, you know? Right, right. Wow. I'm going to have to check that out. Product of the week. That's very cool. All right. Um, we'll put links to your social Facebook, Instagram in the show notes. And uh, Teresa, I can't thank you enough. Appreciate it very much. It was so nice meeting you. I'm so grateful to um, have the opportunity to, you know, do this for the first time. It was super cool. Not what I expected. You're awesome. Um, so hopefully we can stay friends and stay connected. Oh, we and will. Uh, I'd we love will that. For sure. I got to come out to Philly. Um, yeah. All right. So listeners, Hey, if you like this episode, you know what to do. Leave us a review. We appreciate you tuning in and we will see you on the next one. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you like this episode, please leave us a review. That helps us reach more people and bring more good value and content to you, our listeners. And then don't forget, if you are a loan officer who wants more agent referrals in less time, be sure to check out the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership at mortgagemarketing.pro and learn more about our turnkey system of agent classes that puts you front and center of your local real estate agents, attracting agents instead of chasing them, and getting agent referrals like clockwork every single month, just like Carrie Cobb, who her first year in the business with closing over 75 loans, achieved 40% of those 75 loans exclusively from agent classes, And if you want to learn how she did it and how you can do it too, once again, go to mortgagemarketing.pro and I'll see you over there. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Hey guys, what's up real quick. uh, You've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. 
done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents, butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.